Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for staying with us through the intro part of the program. And uh, we're going to tell you, we need your help in spreading the word. And the only qualifier is this. You have to love freedom. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your race is. I don't play identity politics here on this channel. If you love freedom and you want your freedoms protected under the Constitution, we could have totally different opinions on anything, but we're united on that point. And it's free for you, by the way, to express your viewpoint, uh, as long as you're not threatening to harm someone. Uh, and so what I need you to do is to take this show and spread it far and wide. We're brought to you by something that I hope you never need, but with the gas pipeline going down, infrastructure at risk, uh, could you say that trouble could be coming and perhaps they're going to take down the grid with a cyber attack? Yeah, and you know what they'll do? They'll also take down your cell phone. They'll take down your landline and the internet. You won't be contacting anybody unless you have Galaxy satellite phone. And I do, and I'm so impressed with them. The government can't track you. They can't hear what you're saying, and they can't stop it. And it has 100% coverage where cell phones only have 14% coverage of the earth. Find out more by going to 855-980-5830. That's 855-980-5830. And in this day and age, <laughs> food's imperiled now. We have gas stations running out of gas. We have spot shortages with food. Amazon said, no canned beef. Sorry, out of stock. Um, we are seeing limitations on what can be bought food-wise. The food supply chain is still broken. The meat packing plants are closed after over a year. Uh, millions of cattle have been uh, slaughtered. Chickens are in short supply now. Once the mainstay of takeout food, chicken wings, can't even hardly find them in some locations now. So do you think food's in trouble? Do you think they'll ever use food as a weapon? Do you think Kamala and Joe would use food as a weapon against you? Well, if you have common sense, which I know you all do or you wouldn't be here, you need to get more storable food. How long do you have until there's hyperinflation or everything runs out? Hyperinflation will happen first. How long do we have? I don't know. We could hyperinflate next week. Um, I'm actually thinking hyperinflation is probably going to happen sometime in the summer for a lot of different reasons. So you need to get busy. I'm making it a priority. You need to make it a priority. Go to preparewithdave.com and what will you get? Restaurant quality food, 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories per day, food tastes great, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, preparewithdave.com. And then finally, one last thing. When we, <coughs> excuse me, when we come out of this uh, hyperinflation, dollar no more, guess what's going to be valuable? Could be Bitcoin, could be, but I tell you what will be gold, silver. And do you have an IRA and a 401k? Don't let it go down the tubes. If you keep it where it is, it will go down the tubes in an economic collapse. But if you insure it with gold and silver through Noble Gold, you won't have anything to worry about. They're experts at doing it. Folks, I went from being an advertiser to a customer multiple times over with Noble Gold. Love Noble Gold. This is a great time to get silver from them because silver has pent up demand right now. and It's going to come loose. And when it does, it's going to break out like hell. And we're all going to make a lot of money. And if you want to be protected going into this hyperinflation cycle, you need to be well protected on the front end 
Not that you won't take hits, you will. But coming out the back end, Noble Gold can set you up. So you're going to have minimal hits and you'll do just fine. How do you get a hold of Noble Gold? 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. Tell them Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show sent you. Well, our guest is John Wayne. We're doing a two-parter and we've got uh, nine topics that we have to cover in two parts. And uh, you'll be hearing this on Sunday night in hours one and two. So if you're listening on Sunday night, we'll tape delay action there. You'll be hearing these topics blend together. And you're going to walk away with a headache. Seriously. So, John, I'm glad you could join us. And we've got a plethora of things to talk about. And um, in our pre-show conversation, we subdivided these up. And we agreed that we would start with Israel. So tell me what's going on in your mind with regard to Israel, what's happening, and what danger does that pose for us? Right on. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, obviously the world's burning at both ends, and um, the situation in Israel's been unfolding over the past, well, I mean, I mean, technically, you know, mm-hmm. to be technical, it's been quite some time, but um, especially over the past four days, um, they are running the, pal- the Palestinians out of the old city, or the border of the old city, expanding Jerusalem. Um, and the Palestinians are not happy. There have been uh, protests on the Temple Mount, um, police firing, you know, uh, stun grenades and gas canisters and things to this effect. And there was actually a fire there on the Temple Mount, if I didn't mention that. But the the fire, I guess, was a tree, from what I'd heard. But, you know, that was over the past three to four days. And tonight and last night, um, there's been a drastic increase in um, exchange of munitions between Israel and Palestine, or Gaza, technically. Um, so, yeah, in that, that, that flashpoint, you know, it makes me think of the Gog-Magog War and mm-hmm. the Kings of the East. And I just read an article before coming on air um, where, they, you know, Turkey, Iran, and some of the Arab nations are beginning to turn their backs toward, on Israel and uh, take the sides of the Palestinians in Gaza. What a night, nice world we live in. Wow, yeah, you know, I mean, you saw the videos of the Iron Dome intercepting rockets, didn't you? Yeah, I've seen them, and, and um, Fox is running them. Let me digress for a minute, too. Have you noticed that you can actually get some semblance of real news out of Fox now? <laughs> Who would have thought? Well, I know why. How so? Well, they're what pissed off at the FCC. The FCC is dominated by the old guard of the mainstream media. And uh, Fox feels they're being discriminated against. Because remember, when Trump allegedly lost the election, which we know he didn't, Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram called for him to concede. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, that's why I'll never trust those two people again. I'll never trust those no. two Cretans again. And uh, their ratings went in the holy toilet. Newsmax mm-hmm. and One American News kind of took them over. Uh, and now Newsmax has done a 180. They're, they're dropping all claims that the election was rigged. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, what kind of deal with the devil did they make? So anyway... Yeah, somebody's getting some kickbacks. Yeah, well, it's probably coming from Fox, I guess, and I have no idea, but I'm just guessing. 
because Fox's ratings are coming back. Now, Hannity is the one true bright spot. Judge Janine, she's good. I like her. Uh, Hilton's all right. Um, I, I look at a few people they have. You look at their daytime lineup, uh, Chris Wallace, Brett Baer. I mean, they may as well just go put on Soviet patches and stand next to Stalin. And right. uh, they're, they're horrible. But the nighttime crew, Laura, sweet little Laura, who's, uh, well, to say she's two-faced would be an understatement. Most people wear two-faced. She, she's 20-faced. And she keeps changing her positions. But she's back on the Patriot side. And Tucker is blazing trails. Mm -hmm. he, he's sure I mean, the stuff he's saying about Fauci, and it turns out that Fox is just pissed at the FCC and the people influencing the FCC and Fox isn't getting their due. And uh, there's still disinfo, but they're taking shots. They're, th mm -hmm. These are, shall I say, targeted stories designed to get concessions. That's what I've learned. Right, and it makes you wonder how many uh, CIA agents are there in the Fox building compared to the CNN building, right? You know, running the scripts and the dialogue. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, we used to say the CIA was influencing the media. Now we can say CIA is the media. I mean, Bezos uh, bought the Washington Post, who had just done a deal with the CIA for $600 million. There is objectivity, isn't there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not, you know, that's not just pocket cash, you know. That's a, a fairly, fairly hefty, a little bit about, a little bit of an amount of money, you know. And yeah. it's interesting how these corporations can just get away with whatever they get away with, you know. And to an extent, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it if uh, CNN, for some reason, isn't even tax exempt, you know, uh, under some form of a 501c3. Oh, we're getting our kickbacks from somewhere else. I mean. I don't trust any, hardly any news agency. Like you said, Carlson, he's been on top of it. And the Fauci thing, that's important, very important. And all the stuff that's coming out now about how they had this uh, planned, you know, quite a few years ago before last year. And it's all coming out that these people were working directly hand in hand with the Wuhan lab and moving vials of this from here to there. And, you know, yeah, the Chinese come out and said, yeah, we've created this bioweapon to literally decimate our enemies as uh, we kick off World War III. And um, this is not the world I want to see for my daughter or yeah. anybody else's children. And by God, that's why we're doing what we're doing now, because we've got to right the wrongs that have been committed, not only upon this nation, but upon the, upon the world in whole and, and in total. Could not agree with you more. Um, it's hard to know how to respond to what you just said because what we're looking at the totality of the takeover. Uh, and, and here's what I said today, and I want you to comment on this. Okay. I said when I was interviewing Bob Griswold on TV today, I said we were talking about Israel and specifically a little bit about Jerusalem. And I said, you know, Bob, what's happened? They've expanded the perimeter of the number of nations that are going to be involved in World War III by doing this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I want you to respond to that. Do you, do you agree with that, or how do you see this? I, you know, I would have to agree with that because, you know, I mean, we see where the chess pieces are falling and where they're laying or lying. You know, I mean, lying is in the pun intended a little bit, too. Um, you know, it, it, from what we've seen since 2010 and 2011 with the Arab Spring, the ousting of Muammar Gaddafi and... Um, uh, Hosni Mubarak in Egypt, 
and then the uh, destabilization of Syria by proxy to go to war with Iran, you know, and then we had the S was it I can is it S four hundred or S five hundred the uh, Russian missile uh, system that intercepts basically kind of like the Iron Dome, you know, Turkey and the United States were at odds with each other mm-hmm. because, well, Turkey wanted to side with Russia. No, I mean, why don't you side with us? Why don't you take our weapons system? Yeah, everybody, the, the cards are being dealt and laid out to where they're going to play. And, you know, I mean, this brings China into the mix. From what I heard, I was reading yesterday an article, I guess since we're pulling out of Afghanistan, we destroyed like 135,000 pieces of U.S. equipment as we pulled out. And as we were pulling out, uh, here come the Chinese rolling in, is what I'd heard. You know, um, Well, we're not really pulling out, as, as we would think. We're pulling out military personnel, but we're leaving behind 18,000 mercenaries. Mm. They're going to protect the poppy fields. Yep, that's right. You know, and then I can that's imagine... That's the whole that's, purpose. And that's another one of the reasons why China wants to get their grubby hands in there is because of the opium. You're right. You know, um, and then we see, you know, and then, I mean, this goes from where we see what's taking place here in the country uh, with the destruction of the middle class in the 1990s with gangster rap and rock cocaine through the CIA programs. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. You know, now what we're seeing is the destruction of the middle class. You know, I mean, it's been going on for quite some time. That started with the methamphetamine epidemic. And now they've got the um, the fentanyl epidemic, and three quarters of all these precursors come from China. You know, I mean, the, it, I hate to say it, but Dave, uh, World War Three is currently active. It just hasn't went totally yeah, full on. Yeah, I agree. And, and if it has excrement on it, it belongs to China. Mm-hmm. Anything Absolutely. that's excrement is China, no question. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to stop here for a second. I, th- I think we should compare notes. We weren't planning to do this, and we can move uh, whatever we don't cover here in part one to part two, but um, I think we ought to look at how we got involved with this. Mm-hmm. I-, I had a normal life, kind of. My dad was naval <laughs> intelligence, and we used to get interrogated every six months by the FBI or the Secret Service, but... But uh, other than that, I, I don't think 10-year-old kids are used to being hooked up to lie detectors. But, but uh, mm. other than that, you know, my upbringing was very normal. Uh, my dad did huge disclosures to me in 84, 85. Okay, thanks, Dad. Okay, don't tell anyone publicly, son. Your mom will lose everything because this is all classified. Okay, okay, Dad, thanks. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just didn't care. I mean, t- tell me how you got involved. Let's, let's compare notes. Well, see, so um, in 2001, uh, September 11th, 2001, the day that changed the world, and it even, you know, drastically affected my life, I was enrolled to go to Westwood College of Aviation Technology in Denver, Colorado, a year and a half, hands-on training, no uh, prerequisites or any of that uh, mumbo-jumbo, uh, getting out of the market, making, you know, $125,000, $200,000 a year starting out. Uh, had everything set up, dorm room, job, you know, the whole nine yards to get through the schooling. And, well, by goodness, 9-11 happened. I was in my, uh, I was in the uh, a classroom, and I wasn't feeling too good that day. I had my head down, and I heard a kid come in and say, hey, told the teacher, a, a plane hit a building. And I was like, okay, a Cessna hit a house, right? So that class ended, and I, lo and behold, the next class was my government class. 
and here we are. They've got the TV on up in the corner of the room, and we're watching what's going down there in New York. And I saw the second plane hit the building. I was the only one in the class that saw the second plane hit the building. My eyes were glued to the TV while everybody was talking amongst themselves and crying and um, just, you know, unconsolable, couldn't understand what was going on. So I enlisted in the military um, February 7th of 2002. You know, just a few, you know, a handful of months later. And I was in Fort Jackson, South Carolina in 2003 on the bayonet course. And um, we had a drill sergeant come up to five or six of us and said, you know, you guys may not know this, but we're going to go to Iran. I mean, excuse me. We're going to go to Iraq. We're going to take Saddam Hussein and we're going to effing hang him. I was told this in 2003 on the bayonet course of Fort Jackson. I looked at the drill sergeant. I said, how sure of this are you, drill sergeant? He goes, I'm absolutely beyond sure of this. This is before we had, you know, actual, you know, military on the ground. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm going to say the CIA was probably crawling all over the place. You know, so <clears throat> lo and behold, I got medically discharged, uh, terminal kidney disease, and they discharged me from the military, and I, you know, sitting in my mom and dad's house, I watched the whole hunt for Osama bin, uh, Osama bin Laden too. Yeah, what a joke. Um, <clears throat> Saddam Hussein, and six years later, after being informed of what they were going to do to him, watching them walk him up the gallows and put the bag around his head and the rope around his neck and dropped him through the door completely changed my paradigm. Yeah, exactly. On. On understanding yeah. where the world was at and what was going on, and then not only that, my dad was a you know retired. Uh, he's retired now, deputy sheriff. But at the time, he was a deputy sheriff, and this was '91 or '92, and I was a child. And he had another police officer that was a friend, and they were both canine units. One, the guy was uh, for the police department, and my dad was for the sheriff's department. And he brought my dad a videotape and said, "Hey, watch this, and don't tell anybody where you got it, and don't tell anybody that you've seen it." So me, being curious and um, a child. I got the video and snuck it away one afternoon, and I popped it in, and well, lo and behold, it was uh, Alex Jones Police State 1 showing them go door-to-door -door in the state of Iowa doing gun confiscations with the uh, National Guard. So, I mean, I've been, I've been aware and awake for quite some time, but what really brought me into the, you know trying to figure everything out was being told um, what they were going to do to Saddam and then six years later literally see it be, you know, be full before my very eyes. Pretty amazing. Um, yeah, that's. I had a journey I didn't want to take. Uh, I should actually have Annie DeRiso on, my former news director and the wife of my late best friend Bill Pollock. But um, I was. Um, <laughs> I just grew up normal except for those things I mentioned about <clears throat> um, all the security checks because of my dad's work working with German scientists and. I didn't even know what he did for years. I, he used to tell me, I do stuff with rockets, son. And uh, I thought, okay, all right. And uh, I didn't really care. And so grow up pretty normal, you know, play sports, go to college, uh, start coaching, got two advanced degrees, worked as a therapist for a while, just normal stuff. And I kind of thought, well, you know, I really wanted to coach in college, and I thought it passed me by. And... Then I got an opportunity, serendipitous opportunity. It's kind of like who you know and be in the right place at the right time. And we had some success. The career was really taken off. And I thought, this is just the first of many steps I'm going to take. 
and we moved out to what was going to be our retirement home someday. And this is 18 years ago. And as we landed here, <laughs> we're in the middle of nowhere. You, you wouldn't mm -hmm. think anyone would care about us. We were 15, 16 miles from the nearest gas station. Uh, more than that from grocery stores when we moved in. That's, off, that's off the beaten path. We Go were ahead. off the beaten path. We had a two-lane road that comes within about three-quarters of a mile of our place. Most of the homes out here, they live on dirt roads. They get rained in by the mud. Um, and, and, and it was good people, a lot of small business owners out here. Uh, Trump country deluxe, Patriots deluxe. So anyway, um, I started hearing we had put in a, a pool as part of the house when we came in and and uh so we had that taken care of but i heard people were getting denied permits for fences and pools and patios and i'm thinking holy crap what's going on here mm -hmm. so we found out that they were saying we were too close to an air force base well, there's only one air force base here and it's luke air force base and it was 30 air miles to the south and those planes to get to us had to fly over a quarter of a million people. So I said, that's BS. Mm -hmm. And also, too, we all the West Valley developments here, and we qualify technically as West Valley, even though we're outside the urban, suburban area. Uh, you had to have approval to build from the base. And we did. Our, wow. our, our builder did. So I said, that is not it. And one night, I'm looking at a map at 1230 in the morning, figure out how I'm going to save my property. Because this now leads to declining property values, and if you had a fire in your kitchen, you might not be able to get a permit to rebuild. And you know it was really bad. And in fact, people lost their homes out here. So I'm 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 searching the net for clues as to what's going on. I knew this was all BS. And I found something called the Central American Free Trade Agreement, and it was like NAFTA, a follow-up, but it expanded NAFTA from Mexico and Canada to the rest of Central America. And um, then I started, I told somebody once, well, first there was NAFTA, then there was CAFTA, my neighborhood got the shafta. Because <laughs> what they were doing was they were putting in um, like the Trans-Texas Corridor. And you know how they stole land along I-35 and they bought mm -hmm. up newspapers so no one could complain and, uh, and people were getting pennies on the dollar for their property. And this is kind of what I found with, with, with CAFTA and what they called the Canamex Highway System. So I'm looking at this map at 1230 in the morning, and my wife comes in, honey, you really need to go to bed. You got an early morning. And I'm looking, and I end up going to bed about 3. I found this map from the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, the same criminals that are trying to keep a fair audit from taking place today by refusing to release the voting machines hmm. under court order to do so. And you would have thought. I'm looking at this map. And it ended up expanding into a statewide map. And I found there were four areas that were encumbered. And the areas were South Tucson, Gila Bend, and the uh, farmer area up east of Yuma, and us, northwest of Phoenix. And there was another thing in common. A planned Canamex corridor through all of these areas. Oh, wow. And I said, aha! This is it. They want to acquire the land for nothing. So it's easier because it was a long-term build-out. So it was easier just to force us off our property than to pay us fair property market value. 
And to show you how corrupt Arizona is, what everyone knows from the election now, but they've been corrupt forever since their inception. But the, they um, have, a, there's a law called inverse condemnation. It's a Fifth Amendment law. And it says if you cause pro property rights values to decline, you've committed an act of eminent domain called inverse condemnation. You have to pay the property owner to the full market value. We never got a dime. We brought all this up. We went to the public meetings. The media ganged up on us. I know what that's all about now. And I got really good at dealing with the media. You just don't talk to them. I, mm -hmm. They actually tried to interview me once after a public meeting where I spoke. And uh, the Arizona Republic came up and said, we want to ask you some questions. And I said, well, I won't be giving you any answers. And I said, why not? And I said, because you're from the Ministry of Propaganda. And there's about 100 people around hearing this exchange. It was awesome. And a bigger crowd grew. She goes, well, that's not fair to categorize this like this. You're unpatriotic because you're being disloyal to Luke. And I go, this ain't Luke, but obviously you can't read a map. You just know how to read what you're told to write. And Absolutely. I said, these people are stealing our land. And now Pat Wood gets involved. Um, and so now we start networking with people from these areas. And um, <laughs> as it turned out, I actually ended up developing two high-level military sources out of this because they were affected by this. So we knew who the enemy was, and it was John McCain. He was a co-sponsor of, of the uh, CAFTA bill with uh, Ted Kennedy. And uh, I, I was involved in an eight-year battle. And I'd go to a lawyer, and they go, can you raise 100000 for legal fees? Yeah, we should be able to do that in our community. We were a community of about 300 families in and a lot of small business owners. So we probably could have done something like that. And every time it'd come back day two, well, we can't take your case because this is all about McCain and our partners want to be judges. And we had that happen to us four times. Wow. So finally, so finally, um, I'm discovering all these things along the way that it's not just CAFTA. There's really a new world order. It's not conspiracy theory. It's true. And they're saying in print that they want us dead, like Ted Turner. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Okay, so maybe there is something to this. And I, I was invited on a show in Wickenburg, Arizona, town about 50 miles north of Phoenix. And the late Pete Peterson had me on three times. Finally said to me, Dave, you need to have your own show. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, you need to take a show up here for an hour a week. What? I can't do that. I'm not a radio guy. And he talked me into doing it. And that was the beginning. That's how I got started. And um, then Annie kind of jumped on later in the process when I went to RBN for a brief time. And uh, Annie said, Dave, you need to quit. You need to quit coaching because it was pretty consuming. And she said, and you need to devote to this. Well, I fought her on that for about eight years, nine years kept on coaching and then when one of my best friends in FEMA bugged out because he said he was on the hit list because he knew what they were going to do to us uh, with regard to bioweapons this is 2012 by the way and uh, he bugged out to a prepared community with like-minded people took early retirement and did everything he could do to obscure his identity and I said uh-oh that was the last year I coached college basketball I said, I got to jump into this fight. So sorry for the long-winded thing, but that's how I got started in this. And um, <laughs> and just think, I cast aside a promising coaching career in college where we were really getting attention. I mean, we'd done quite well. It made the Nationals twice and 
and I'm thinking, okay, here comes the offer. And uh, so then I went the other way. And uh, it was really unfortunate in one regard because I was very happy with my life. Very happy. Good family. Career. Loved teaching what I was teaching. Didn't want to really make any changes. I was dragged into this kicking and screaming. Now I realize that China and the New World Order people, they want to exterminate us. Mm -hmm. uh, but not before they steal everything we have. They want a few slaves left over to serve their purposes. And uh, this is where we're at, and this is why I do what I do. I'm probably the least likely guy. My dad's probably looking down from heaven and goes, I can't believe my son's doing this. Because, <laughs> see, I rejected the Naval Academy. I had an appointment from Senator Hart, and uh, my dad really fought it because Vietnam was kind of winding down at the time. It was almost over. And my dad says, yeah, but something else is going to start. And the military is now a bunch of prostitutes. And they don't care about throwing away lives. And uh, he really talked me out of it. Uh, but I actually was going to go in the Navy at one yeah. time. I so. wish, you know, I, I sit here and I look back and I wish now that I hadn't joined the military. Um, I'm pretty sure I was vaccine damaged. Yeah. They, damn, they damn near killed me down there in Fort Jackson. Had temperature 105.3 and... Um, you know, m medically discharged. You know, way before that, though, Dave. I mean, I've I've had a pretty interesting life just um, through experiences. I was deaf up until the age of four, and my dad, like I said, was a deputy sheriff. And at at this time, he was investigating a local satanic coven, and mm. um, I started having absolute horrific night terrors. And where these covens would hold the, their practices, um, my dad would find these places and, you know, obviously report on it and stuff. And, well, I think that my family was under attack because they, you know, literally wrote in cat's blood above the door to a church, oh, yeah. you know, de death to the deputy with the dog. And that would have been my dad. So I started having these extreme night terrors. And the night I had the one that was beyond anything, the same time I was having that night terror, my dad was staring down the uh, business side of a firearm, serving in an arrest warrant, and all I could say at the time is, where's my daddy? My daddy, my, he, you know, what's wrong with my daddy? To my mom, and my mom recalls this, you know. So after that, not too long after that incident, um, my grandmother was real good friends of a grand matron of the Order of the Eastern Star. Oh, yeah. And we went, oh. and we went to a uh, Mason's dinner one night, and uh, she come up and took me, and asked if I could go with her, and my grandparents said yes, and at this time I was five years old and I'd had tubes put in so I could hear now, and she brought me before three elders, uh, three elder masons, probably they'd had to be been 33rd degree, and I'm going to tell you what, Dave, this was 1988, and these men were old, old, old at that time, so these could have been possibly World War One veterans or something, you know, uh, to that effect, and it's interesting because from then on, the only thing I remember hearing them say is, you know, this young man has a lot of potential, and he's gifted. So I'm okay, well, you know, whatever that means up until this point, and living my life and have the life experiences. And like you said, you know, I, I didn't plan on getting into doing broadcasting. It was never anything, you know, if you would have told me 15 years ago, hey, man, you're going to have a big broadcast. You're going to have X amount of listeners. I would have laughed in your face and said, you're, you're absolutely out of your mind. But, I mean, here we are, and we've... It's amazing doing this now over the eight years, the people that I've met, the people that I'm in contact with, and the information and knowledge that I've garnered to 
you know, be able to try to inform the masses. And I mean, my goodness, here we are and we're doing it. But the thing is, I pray to God that everybody's listening to everything we have to say, you know, because it's important. It is. I, I hear what you're saying. And it's just um, the nooks and crannies. The, the only thing is, though, is I put a bullseye on my back. But I've come to the conclusion in the last couple of years, it really doesn't matter. We all have bullseyes on our backs. Mm-hmm. It's just those warrants will be executed at different times if we lose. And, um, and I've come to, to come to accept that. But I've, I've become really hypervigilant. Um, the security steps we've taken are something way beyond what I ever thought I would do. But it's a time we live in. And, um, you know, some of the stories I break, I get some really violent pushback. In fact, I'll tell you, back back when I was fighting McCain, um, I was at the state capitol. And I've got, early in our fight, I took a hostile legislature and I got a few of them to back us after I sat down and gave them the facts and they thought they saw we're not crazy people we're just Americans uh, but we're not going to have our property stolen without compensation and some people turned around the late Marilyn Jarrett my state senator Jack Harper a few others and they started to back us eventually by the time we were done legislature was on our side for the most part I'd say 80 percent of them we had flipped Um, and that's one thing I've always told people when you're involved in a protest movement the legislature appeared to be our enemy, but I said, always treat them with respect, speak to them politely, and just keep repeating the same talking points over and over and over. But right. it, as long as you don't piss them off, eventually you might win them over, and I did. You know, Mr. Russell Pierce, I, I forget, SB, whatever it was, that he wanted uh, immigrants to be deported when they were caught at the border and stuff. He was a hardcore against us, and he came all the way around. Uh, one of the issues came to his committee and he said nope not doing that <laughs> I've talked to these people you guys are screwing them end of story so anyway long story short I'm down at the Capitol and I'm meeting with uh, McCain representatives and uh, a couple of the representatives that supported us decided to come to the meeting and uh, this one guy John Nelson friend of McCain he's a representative in the West Valley of Phoenix he came out he just started screaming because we dared to bring some of the legislature in to witness, you know, what they knew was dirty politics. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he starts, and I just calmed down. He goes, what do you have to say? And he's looking right at me. I said, well, your anger shows how we feel after a couple of years of having our property stolen from us. And I said, we're going to set this right. So I got into it with the McCain people. And uh, I, I, they said, well, you need to stop speaking publicly. And I said, well, yeah, when you put the pill over someone's mouth, you can't hear them being murdered. Is that what you're telling me? And mm-hmm. uh, then I said, let me tell you something. You want to hear how loud I can get? I said, I have the ability to talk my way on most talk shows. And when he's, he was running for president here this time, uh, he's trying to get the primary uh, nomination. And I said, when he does his little East Coast swing, I'm going to call Good Morning Connecticut. Okay. And hey, what's up, New York City? And I said, I want to tell you what it's like to have John McCain as your senator. And mm-hmm. I got threatened right there in front of a room full of witnesses. The senator doesn't like stuff like that, and you're going to regret saying that. And mm-hmm. they did try to make that good. Um, I was interviewing the late Jim Mars, and Annie Dorisa was on the air with me. And we're in the final minute, and this is in our old house in uh, Glendale, which is a suburb of Phoenix, and 
Um, we're in the final minute of the show. Eight shots over the house. Boom, 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 wow. boom, 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 boom. Three eyewitnesses, including one guy who'd been a Vietnam vet. And um, so this is like, oh gosh, I forget, the end of July, like July 30th. And talk top. about a... Talk about a literal shot across the bow. Go oh, ahead. literally. Oh, yeah, yeah. White van, ski mask, you know, the usual MO. And so they, they do the shooting. They weren't intending to hit anybody, but we had all the family over. And so the 911 probably got a dozen phone calls. I'm yelling, everyone, get down, get down. I'm upstairs. It's a three-level house, and I was upstairs um, in our old studio broadcasting. And uh, we probably had 13, 15 members of our family there. So they're all on the phone. Cops show up a half hour later, um, and the substation is three minutes by a police car mm-hmm. in route. And um, maybe maybe some guys had to go change their clothes. I mean, just oh, thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, the cops. Listen, I don't think the cops were lying. The one cop took me aside, and because my family was just going nuts on him, and um, I, he said, "Listen, he goes, I'm telling you, Mr. Hodges, we didn't get this call until three minutes before we showed up." And he goes, we had to coordinate because there were shots fired. We could not send a single unit vehicle. He said we sent three units together, but he said it was three minutes because the vectors were close. He goes, we just got told, and I'm not lying to you. Wow, somebody somewhere was had their, literally had their hand on the control switch on that one. Well, I found out DHS, remember this is the Obama years, DHS has the ability to override 911 calls and block them or delay them but they were getting them constantly constantly and our neighbors were calling too the one cop admitted he said we had about a dozen phone calls from your neighborhood too so it wasn't you know the figment imagination of members of the hodges family and extended family so you want to hear what the final report was go for it fireworks from three blocks away Mm -hmm. with eyewitnesses (laughs) that's that's insane but it gets better it gets better it was about four months later, and I'm continuing my tirade against McCain because uh, I know he's the center part of this. And I was able to shift it away from Luke Air Force Base as an issue to the um, real issue, which was Canamex Highway, Giveaway America, free trade agreements, loss of jobs, and taking Americans' land without compensation. And um, so when I'm coming home after coaching a game, so this is about a oh, 28, 30-mile drive. And uh, I'm out in the country now, two-lane, four-lane highway divided, and these guys pull up on my back. And I'm in the right-hand lane going the speed limit, and they put their brights on me. So I shift thinking, okay, they're drunk, they'll go around me. They shifted, they got behind me again, and on goes the process. So 911. And this started an 11-minute event. And... They follow me. They actually got, uh, they did a maneuver, and I, and I actually stopped because they were trying to make me run into them. And I got a pretty good look at them. I got their license plate number. got the driver's description perfect. And uh, eventually, I was able to, to lose them on one street, came back around, and there was a rural fire department. And I knew a lot of the guys there because they were part of our property rights deal. And I go in, and they break off the chase. All right. I'm on for 11 minutes. Officer will contact you shortly. We're sending someone immediately, blah, blah, blah. Two hours later, <clears throat> I get a call on my cell phone. What did you do to cause this to happen, Mr. Hodges? 
what do you mean, what did I do? Mm. I said, I, I, I guess maybe the team that we beat tonight had pissed off fans and they followed me home. Is that what you're saying? I said, you're being ridiculous. I said, this was unprovoked. I said, I think I know what's behind it. What's behind it? I said, it's political, but it's nothing I've done. And he refused to take a report. So I thought, okay, son of a bitch, mm. I'm going to go and and I've got media access. I'm going to play the 911 tapes. Guess what was missing when I showed up to Maricopa County? Huh. That's how prob- tapes? Yeah, the 911 tapes were gone from Maricopa County. No. Because this is rural, wow. so this went to County 911. Is this, is, is, was this, would this have been around the same time uh, our Arapaio was still sheriff, or uh, mm-hmm. was this before him? No, wow, really? Same yep, same time. Do you, now, um, do you think he would? Now, would he? I mean, would he would have had that? No, had I actually think this was out of his purview. I don't think he was paying attention to it. Uh, if I were to blame someone, it would have been Paul Penzone, the current sheriff, who's basically threatened people on uh, protesting voter fraud in Maricopa County. He's come out publicly now and said this is a waste of time to do the audit. A sheriff who has no business saying that has come out and said this. Um, it was one of those interests. The Maricopa County sheriffs uh, are basically good guys, but some, they've been invaded by a lot of leftists, a lot of Obama people. Um, yep. And Penzone, in my opinion, is one of these guys. Uh, and and so no 911, no police reaction, witnesses to the break-off of the chase from a couple fire guys. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, and the thing is, is uh, it's not just there. I think it's probably three quarters that way across the nation. You know, yeah. this area where I live, it's, it's just beyond corrupt, beyond corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. I mean, I could tell you stories for days of which my dad had told me that he knows about what's taking place up there at that jail. Sure. And, you know, I've had kind of roughly, not, not the exact same thing, but, you know, I live close to like real close to a park and... Uh, there was a vagrant, or they're sleeping one night. I called the sheriff's department up, hey, you know, hey, you might want to send someone out to check this guy, just see who he is, you know. Um, nobody ever showed up. You know, you don't know who this man is sleeping across the road from your house in the park on the concrete floor underneath the shelter house. <laughs> you know? Oh, I know, I know. It almost gets uh, comical, doesn't it? It does. You know, I mean, well, I mean, to a point, you know, was it last this last winter? Uh, yeah, just couple months ago two or three months ago a man uh and this is really interesting he was a college student from wisconsin he was staying at a hotel in uh, northern missouri and he was uh supposedly purportedly heading back home or whatever the case was it was really really cold out like negative 25 degrees he got his car off the side of the road and people had called and said hey you know you need to get somebody out here to check on this man his car's stuck and he's uh acting erratic the sheriff's department got four separate calls on this guy. So nobody ever went out to check on him. The guy literally ends up walking from where his car went off in the ditch, and he's out in the middle of nowhere. You know, you, you know kind of what I'm talking about. You used to live in this state. You know, it, it very rural. So this guy starts walking. He gets to a house. He beats on a door. Nobody gets in. Nobody comes. You know, nobody's home. He goes to the next house. Well, a man and his wife is home. And he forces his way in, and the guy ends up getting in at an altercation and getting shot. Yeah, That could have been completely and totally averted if the sheriffs would have just went out there and checked on the man. I, it, it, it just boggles my mind, Dave, the mentality, the, 
the the opera the opera uh, motive of operandi how they go about conducting themselves and their business and stuff and then not only that but like you said i mean a lot of these organizations i mean and that's what they are the prison industrial complex are bought and paid for and owned by entities you know they answer to who they want to answer to and anybody that's not on their list to help well by goodness they're not going to come help you you know um so it's it, it's really bad to see i mean so when we see the corruption at the top of the power structure within our nation well by goodness i can't even begin to imagine the corruption at the very bottom levels within your local municipality oh my god i gotta tell you there are some really great politicians here in arizona i think i know them all but there are sleaze bags deluxe and we have some leftists in our state like gravalda from tucson he's a congressman this guy is farther to the left than stalin I mean, this guy's nuts. He almost makes AOC look normal. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, and we have some just bizarre people. But the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, whoa. Uh, The head supervisor, Bill Gates, I used to know him. I met his family because, you know, later years, spent some time hanging out at a Diamondbacks game, baseball game. And uh, he had a lot of integrity. Went on to be a lawyer. Um, was really a good guy. Really a good guy. Something happened. Mm-hmm. Something happened to cause him to not want the truth told about the election. And you know what they said in the election, too? No one is trying to overturn the election. We're trying to find out what happened in the election. Were there ele- illegalities that need to be corrected in the election? And who really won the election? What does the vote total say at the end of the day once we justify right. it? Um, and the mainstream media is saying they're trying to overturn the election and throw Biden out. They've never said any such thing. They said the opposite, but they lie. I did a search term on this. Entire page one, MSNBC, CBS, CNN, uh, they're trying to overturn the election. And <laughs> and they, just total lies upon lies with this. Right. Well, if it, if it, if Bill it was Gates all guy, fair. This Bill Gates guy, listen to this part. You'll love this. So they don't have a Democratic judge in charge. And courtesy of Bill Gates' wife, who's also a judge, and she passed off the case to a Democratic-friendly judge. Do you want to talk about the hand-watching <laughs> the... the I'm filing, and I've really wrestled with this because I had a good relationship with Bill Gates. I did. I did. Very good. But I'm going to file an ethics complaint for conflict of interest against he and his wife. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And I wouldn't expect nothing less. No. <clears throat> it's really it, sad. It, it's, it's so sad and so corrupt here in Arizona. There was a lady named Lorraine King where I was teaching. I came in. And she had just been defeated in running for the state senate. And when I first met her, she goes, oh, yeah, you're our new basketball coach and a psychology professor. And we got to be really good friends. And the first thing she said to me when we met, hi, Dave, my name's Lorraine, and welcome to the state that has the best politicians that money can buy. Mm-hmm. That was the first words out of her mouth to me. And this woman wasn't nuts. I mean, we went on, we... We had a multi-decade relationship until she passed from cancer, and it just—that's just how it is here. It just, but I'm. This is all across the country. I mean, it you look really at Cuomo. Is. He puts 
he puts uh, COVID people in with the elderly to drive up the death toll. That's, that's crazy. Right. You know, I mean, and uh, I mean, even to uh, extend it to Gavin Newsom. I mean, what an evil, evil, evil individual. I yeah, mean, these people, they don't care about anybody that they're governing over. And I've witnessed this firsthand. I've got a friend from California that does some broadcasting, too, and he's an upright standing man. I mean, he goes and literally, you know, gets back in these uh, people's faces, not in a, you know, uh, explicit way, but, you know, hey, very informed, very intellectual way. And he, uh, I had the privilege to set in uh, unbeknownst to the city council members on a zoom call for the city council meeting and they've got all these people on there stating their grievances with the tours of city council you know why can't you lift the mandates i'm we're, my family is starving we you know we can't open our business why are you doing this to us what's happening and i mean numerous people back to back to back they're getting and federal these, money that's why that's absolutely right dave they're bought and paid for these people who are purportedly governing over Mono County, uh, Northern California, Monmouth Lakes, um, they sat there and they just said, okay, uh, next person, okay, uh, next thing on the docket. They didn't state one single thing towards any of these people's grievances. Like they were the king no, yeah, no, no, I've sitting seen it on happen. the chair. I've seen it happen in uh, Mojave County up in uh, northwestern arizona the kingman area and i've seen what these people have gone through there and just total corruption uh by the way i'll drop this little nugget on you before we close for this part um apple today announced they were seeking a patent for redefining their facial recognition software for people wearing masks do you mm -hmm. think that says we're going to be wearing masks for quite a while well, I think, you know, it's uh, they, they want to get everybody acclimated. I mean, this is the modern-age yeah. Burke. This is the modern-age Burke, Dave. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Hey, quick, you got 20 seconds to tell people how to listen to you. Yes, every Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Studio A at revolution.radio or freedomslips.com. The Unequivocal Truth, DEFCON 1 with me, John Wayne. Right, and part two of this is going to include uh, more on China, the gas shortage, what's going on with Cascadia, CMEs, oh, we got, oh, like I said, this ain't for the faint of heart, folks, so stay tuned, because we will have part two, depending on where you're listening to us, we'll either have that tomorrow show, or if you're listening to us on Global Star and its affiliates, it'll be going out on um, uh, Sunday night. And we'll have it back-to-back, -back, hour one and hour two. Anyway, stay tuned. We will be back with two. And, uh, uh, John, stand by your phone, my friend. Will do.